Well, good morning, everyone. I hope you're doing well. That was a hearty good morning. I'm impressed after Thanksgiving that you guys had the ability and could get the breath in your lungs to give that kind of hearty good morning. But I'm glad you're here this morning. For those of you I don't know, my name's uh, Todd, and uh, it seemed like I almost forgot that, but I didn't, just stuttered. Uh, I'm glad that you're here this morning, and I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, I know that uh, my son and I uh, got to spend a few days together as our girls were gone. Kind of an unusual uh, um, deal this year uh, with uh, a little girls' family trip on my wife's side, Cynthia's side of the family. So Sean and I got some time together. Um, we called it Man Week, and we watched uh, Rocky and a lot of football. And uh, one of the things that we did was uh, we got to go over to the uh, community Thanksgiving uh, meal and dinner uh, over at Hudson's. And uh, h- how many of you were there, either you were a participant participant or volunteered or a little bit of both, raise your hand this morning. Man, awesome. Thank you so much for being a part of that. I just talked to Dave and Gail Bisbee, and uh, I, I was so proud to be a part of that. Different churches coming together in our community. Uh, it really sponsored by uh, St. Andrews United Methodist Church and Hudson's, but we're a big part of that. In fact, Dave told me this morning uh, that uh, our church made up about 20% of the 400 volunteers. And uh, isn't that awesome? So yeah, I'm, man, that is so cool. That is so cool. That just makes me proud. And if that's a bad thing and that's a sin, I'll confess later because I'm proud of you all. So thank you so much for those of you who served. Sean and I had a great time and and it's it's great. I want to encourage you next year to jump on it early. Uh, They had to turn some people away from volunteering because they just simply had too many volunteers. But uh, thank you for those of you who served. What a great thing uh, and what a great community event. Today, we begin the Advent season. And a lot of you grew up in a church tradition where Advent was celebrated. Some of you may have not. Some of you may not know what that's all about. Uh, Advent is really the the Christmas season. It's celebrating what God did by sending his son Jesus to this world to die for our sins, to be resurrected three days later. And because of what Christ did on the cross, for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus, uh, we now have eternal life one day when we die or when Jesus comes back first. And so Advent is really the time of year where we focus on, on the uh, arrival and, and the awaiting of, of Christ and now of Christ's return. And, and this year uh, we are really focusing on this in, in this series that we've been entitled From Heaven Above. And, and we entitled it that because uh, I, I wanted to celebrate in some form or fashion this year the 500th uh, anniversary of the Protestant Reformation, which is this year. Isn't that amazing? It was 500 years ago, um, back in October, at least when we celebrate it, uh, where Martin Luther really changed the, the uh, kind of the, the landscape of the Christian faith. And he basically stood up against an organization that had really added to what God did and subtracted from what God had done. And he stood up and he said, this is what the Bible says, that salvation comes through faith in Christ alone. And uh, so in celebrating that, what we wanted to do this year was we wanted to uh, take one of his 
hymns, a, a Christmas hymn that he wrote by the name of From Heaven Above. That was the name of the hymn that he wrote. And it's interesting, he wrote this in, in uh, I believe it was in uh, 1534, he wrote From Heaven Above. It was based on a, a popular medieval tune. And uh, it's interesting, in my research I found out that Martin Luther wrote this hymn uh, from a popular tune that people would have recognized back in that day and age. And he wrote it for his, his children or four children. And some scholars believe that he probably wrote it for his children so that they could perform in, in some kind of Christmas pageant or play. And I got thinking, man, all the way back in the 1500s, parents were asked to go to children's Christmas programs, all right? So parents, this is something we've been doing for a long time, so be encouraged by that. And uh, so he wrote this hymn from heaven above, which is really uh, a, a, a really piece of a work of art that, that talks about all the different gifts that we have from Jesus. Because when God sent his son into this world, and that's what we celebrate during the Christmas season, we don't just celebrate the redemption and the salvation. There's so much more that he brings us. And so over the course of these next four Sundays, these four Sundays before Christmas, yep, there's only four Sundays before Christmas, uh, we are going to be unwrapping uh, four different gifts during this Advent season that we see um, in Jesus. Hope and love, peace and light. Hope and love and peace and light. And so that's where our focus will be over these next few weeks. Now the word Advent um, itself means arrival or, or an appearing or coming into place. And, and implied in that word arrival um, is waiting. How many of you waited for relatives to come over on Thanksgiving, all right? You waited, maybe you waited a little too long. Maybe they were stuck in traffic, which I'm sure they probably were. Uh, you, you waited for a turkey to get done. And of course, um, we wait on Christmas morning for, for presents. I, I um, took a poll in my house among my two kids. It was an extensive poll. Uh, and I asked them, uh, what's the, of the two holidays this time of year, what's their favorite? I, I you know, dumb question, Dad. It's always Christmas. And, but I wanted to know why, and so I asked them, you know, why do you like Christmas, and um, what do you think their answer was as, as kids? The presents. They receive presents, right? And I got thinking about that, and I think that's, that's a very honest answer from two very honest, trust me, very honest kids. And I was the same way. I, I still am the same way. I think that we, as, as humans, we, we just naturally, we, we enjoy giving gifts, but we also enjoy receiving gifts, don't we? We enjoy receiving gifts, and I remember as a kid waking up early on Christmas morning and going downstairs to see, you know, if the gift that I had asked for that year um, was there or in a package, or sometimes it wasn't in a package, or, you know, probably what happened is someone late the night before had to put it together uh, when I was young, and, and I ended up having to do that on occasion myself as my kids have, have grown up. But I got thinking about the fact that uh, part of the whole, like, excitement around Christmas and around gift giving in general is the waiting. It's the waiting. We hate it, don't we? We hate waiting. We hate waiting for anything in life. We want it now. We want instant gratification. We want what we want now. And, and so waiting is that excruciating, painful time when like we know what's out there. We at least hope that we like 
know what's out there that we want, and, and we're waiting for that gift. And I got to tell you, um, at 44 rather than, you know, 14 or 4, um, waiting has a whole new kind of thing. I don't like it any more than I did at four years old. I got to be honest with you. But I do know that waiting makes the gift that much more special, doesn't it? Waiting makes whatever you're ready to receive um, that much more exciting and unique and special and maybe even personal. Um, I can't remember how old I was, but one year I was really into Star Wars. It is amazing to me how, like, here we are in, you know, 2017 and it's all back again. And I was into Star Wars, and I'd asked for one thing for Christmas, Christmas, and it was the Death Star. And it was probably like 1983 or 4. I was probably 10, 10 or 11 years old, and, and I was wanting the Death Star along with a few, you know, action figures that went along with that. And so that was my thing. Man, I collected these things. And, um, and, and so I... I was very excited about that, and the year before, I remember I asked for something for Christmas and didn't get it. Have you ever experienced that? Um, that was like, you know, a little disappointing. I got something else. I guess I had asked for something. I can't remember what it was, but I asked for something that maybe I was too young for. My parents thought would be, you know, like dangerous for me. You know, you'll shoot your eye out, that kind of thing. So anyway, so, but I went downstairs, and there was the Death Star, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. I, I got what I hoped for. I got what I was waiting for. Like what I wanted, it was there. And, and it made that gift uh, so much more valuable. And five years later, my parents sold it in a garage sale. <laughs> You've done that, parents, haven't you? And I think I, <laughs> I think I probably could retire on that now because its value has gone up. <laughs> but the waiting made that gift uh, so much more special. And you know, God's people have been waiting for God since the beginning of creation. And if I'm really gut level honest with you, like if this is Todd, not the pastor talking to you, this is just Todd the guy, I'm like, waiting on God stinks just like waiting on your family to arrive for Thanksgiving does, or for the turkey to get done for Thanksgiving dinner, or for that gift to arrive. Like it stinks. Let's just be honest. I, I don't like waiting on God. I don't like having disappointment in my life and, and I have to wait on an answer or God kind of delays his gift to us in some form or fashion. You know, I think that like if we really mature in our faith and if we really seek God out in this issue, we can find that it's the waiting that really makes that gift so much more valuable. It's what makes Advent so incredibly amazing is the waiting. And so we wait, and the psalmist talked about this. He talked about how God's people have been waiting. Check this out in Psalm 130, um, verses 5 through 8. He says, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I, say that next word with me, I hope. In his word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchman for the morning. More than watchman for the morning. That's not a mistake. That's said twice. It's written twice to emphasize how the psalmist was longing for God's arrival. O Israel, in verse 7, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love. That's what we're going to be talking about next week. And with him is plentiful redemption. 
and he will redeem Israel from all of his iniquities, those are sins. You see, all the way back in the Old Testament, the psalmist was communicating and was kind of summarizing this idea that God's people were waiting on the Messiah to arrive. It had been prophesied early in, in, in the Bible. It had been prophesied early, and so the people of Israel waited in, in hope for the promised Messiah. Some of them are still waiting. They don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah, but if you look at the prophecy, Jesus fulfilled Every single thing that God had promised the Messiah to be. And so the people of Israel waited in hope for the promised Messiah. And God showed up. God showed up. And his son, Jesus, was the Messiah, the Redeemer. The gift of hope is an amazing gift. And when Jesus came into the world, um, we see that gift in our lives. You know, it's interesting because the, the gift of hope is really a deep longing for what we don't have, um, but what we know must be out there. Isn't that true? Like, in terms of, like, what we're waiting for, the gift of hope is truly that, a deep longing for what we don't have right now, but what we, we know has got to be out there in some form or fashion. That's what hope is. And when God sent his son into the world, he, he sent his son into the world to redeem the world from our sins. He sent his son into the world to become that Messiah, to be that Messiah. But he also ushered in hope. And I realize that today um, you may have come into this room and you're kind of tired of waiting for that object of your hope because it just continues to remain unfulfilled. It continues to remain like unanswered. It continues to remain still out there. I mean, I, I want you to capture this. We'll talk about this in a moment, a, a little more in detail. But like we're, we're, we, we understand that God sent his son into the world to be the Messiah. And Jesus fulfilled every single one of those prophecies. And, and we know, hopefully, if you're here today and you've accepted him as your Savior, you understand that he was the Messiah. If, if you're here today and you haven't, man, I, I, my hope today is, is that you would. That's my prayer and my hope is that you would. But we're also waiting for him to return. We're waiting for, for that second arrival of Jesus into the world at the end, in the end, to, to really bring together and fulfill all of what God was doing in the redemption of mankind. And, but I want you to know today that I think that hope coming into the world through Jesus brings three things, or it means three things. And I want to focus on that today. First and foremost, the gift of hope means that we wait. We wait. And I want you to see the hope that we can have from what Paul wrote in Romans. He writes this in Romans 8, 18 through 25. Check out this first verse here. He says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. I just want to stop there for a second says, for I consider that the suffering of this present time, the sufferings of this present time, are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. I say this often, and, and sometimes I have to remind myself that this is true, that Jesus never promised, God never promised that this world was going to be easy, that we wouldn't have suffering, that we wouldn't experience loss, 
that we wouldn't have difficulty, that our, that our jobs would be perfect, that we would wake up every single Monday and go, I can't wait to get there. Or that we would drive all that way to our families' homes and think that everybody's going to get along for five hours straight. Or that the person that we love the most is not going to go through that health thing, that crisis that they have. See, he never promises us perfection on this side of heaven. But you know what's always there? It's hope. Hope is always there. True hope from God. Hope for the future. The hope of heaven. The hope of perfection one day when Jesus comes back or we go first, whichever one comes first. The hope of heaven, and, he, and Paul says it here, I consider that the suffering of this present time, it's not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Man, I, I'm, I'm the first one to, to let you know that there are times that I need this verse like everywhere in my life. I need to be reminded of that. That heaven is not on this side of heaven. That this is earth. And that we will have struggles. That we will have difficulty. That it's not perfect, but we hope. And Paul talks in verses 19 through about 23 or so. <laughs> talks about how creation itself is groaning for something. There's something unfulfilled. It's because of sin. This world is, is fallen and it's not perfect. But look down at verse 24. He says this in verses 24 and 25. I love this. For in this hope we are, what's that next word? We're saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. Duh. But we don't get it sometimes, do we? We kind of look at that and go, okay, that statement makes a lot of sense. But it doesn't make a lot of sense when we're going through the trials of life. When we go through the suffering that we are faced with. When we go through the disappointment that we have in our lives, we forget about that statement. That hope that is seen is not really, truly hope. For who hopes and what is seen? It's not what it's all about. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So the gift of hope means that we wait. We wait for God. We wait for him to resolve that situation in our lives that brings us so much pain. Or maybe we wait with the idea in mind that that may never be resolved. That it may never come to a resolution on this side of heaven. But we wait and we hope because one day it will be resolved. In fact, all of our calamities, all of our suffering... All of our pain will be resolved one day when we get to heaven, when we're with him. And so the gift of hope means that we wait and we can wait for God. And the second thing is, is that the gift of hope means that we imagine. The gift of hope means that we imagine. I think we, we as adults especially, um, maybe we, we lose our imagination in terms of who God is and and. and what, what, he, what he's all about, we, we have to have it in this perfectly logical understanding 
We forget about those innocent days when we would lay awake in bed at night and think about what might be down under the Christmas tree or we think about that thing that was like unfulfilled in our lives that we've been waiting for and we imagine it and we ponder it and we think about it. And I think that God wants that childlike imagination in our lives. He gave it to John in the book of Revelation. Revelation 1, 7 says, Behold, he's coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him even so. Amen. And that begins this detailed description of what's going to happen in those last days. And the Holy Spirit inspired John to write this picture that he had in his mind, that God put in his mind of what those final days will be about. And so we have an imagination of what God will do in those final days. That's part of Advent is waiting for him to bring all this to the conclusion. And just again, just being real honest this morning, when you look at the world today, I I can't believe how much the world has changed in just a year or two or five. It's changing at light speed, isn't it? And if we're honest with each other, it's not all good. In fact, if you read the news a lot or if you watch the news a lot, it can be downright discouraging, can't it? If you look at what's happening in our world, it can be completely and utterly discouraging. Years ago after 9-11, Cynthia and I, I I've talked about this before, we made the decision to turn the TV off. I, I was a, I'm a political science major. I love politics and, uh, you know, current events and that sort of thing. We had to turn it off because it's so discouraging. Reading it is better, but not much. (laughs) You know, we can imagine that one day he's going to bring all that to a conclusion. After some of these tragic events in Las Vegas and then in Mexico City, I had a conversation. We had an open time of prayer here after the Las Vegas shooting, and someone, I was talking with him outside, and we were both just talking about how discouraging it is to see what's happening in our world. And, and you know, I just said, hey, here's the good news. We win in the end. We win in the end. That's hope. That's hope. The gift of hope means that we wait. The gift of hope means we imagine. And then finally, the gift of hope means that we trust. And here's the hard part. The gift of hope means that we trust. And John summarized this in John 20, 29, um, when he quotes Jesus. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you've seen me? Okay. But Jesus says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed you know who that is I hear you saying it you can say it who is that that's us that's us we're blessed because we didn't get to see him yet we believe I say us it's those of us who have believed that's what hope ushers in And it's not this thing that always makes perfect sense. It's not logic sometimes. It's not science, although scientific evidence, that's a whole message for another time, I believe does prove the existence of God, absolutely, if you really take a look at it. But sometimes it doesn't make any sense. And that's the whole point in the first place, is that God ushered in his own son, Jesus, so that we can have hope. That's what Advent means. 
That's what that first gift from above means. It means that we wait. It means that we imagine. But it also means that we trust. That we trust God. Jesus was talking about this waiting, and it's recorded in Matthew 12. I want you to read this this morning as we begin to close. Jesus talking to his disciples. He, he was aware of what was going on. He withdrew there, and many followed him. And he healed them all. And he ordered them um, not to make him known. Kind of an interesting thing, because he goes on later. We, we get a clear indication he wants to make us known. But this was fu- to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Matthew twelve seventeen says, Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. That was, a, that was a, an amazing shift in what God was doing. Because everything that God had been doing up to this point was really involving his people, the Jewish people. And he says, he will give justice to the Gentiles. Verse 19, he will not quarrel or cry aloud, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed, he will not break. A smoldering wick, he will not quench until he brings justice to victory. And in his name, the Gentiles will, say it with me, they will hope. They will hope. You know, Matthew's telling us that those who believe in Jesus receive the gift of Jesus, but what we receive is we receive the ability to hope. <laughs> that while we're waiting, we hope. That while we're expecting his second coming, it may happen tomorrow or today, or it may happen hundreds or thousands of years from now, that we can hope. That we can hope for the future. And I have a feeling that... Um, Some of us need to be reminded of that. Some of us need to receive that hope, but some of us need to be reminded of that. That the arrival of the Christ child gives us hope while we we await his return one day. Man, we win in the end. Jesus is going to return. He's going to resolve all of these issues that bring so much discouragement, all the pain that we have. But we hope in him. Hope is kind of a popular message. Um, Politicians ask us to hope in their plan. And in their policy, don't they? We see it every two years, all the time, on TV and as we drive around, right? They want us to hope in their intelligence. They want us to hope in their plan and their policy and what they believe will make this world better. Doctors want us to hope in their medicine and in their procedure and in their plan. And God has given them the mind to be able to to do that, but it falls short just like the politician's policy falls short at some point in time, right? Businesses, companies want you to hope in their product. We've already seen that on TV for a month as we head into Christmas. Hope in their toy. This toy will make your kid happy. This toy will make you happy as adults. And they ask us to hope. Family and friends tell us that we should place our hope in their relationship, in their friendship. And politicians fall short. (laughs) Doctors fall short. Businesses, companies, and their products, they fall short. Our friends and our family, they fall short. 
But I want you to know something today. That the gift from heaven above in Jesus means that we can hope. And God's promises were fulfilled in the past. And that means that they will be fulfilled in the future. If you're here today and you walked in with um, a lot of unfulfilled promises in your life, people have let you down, Um, companies have let you down, your employer has let you down, your church and your pastor has let you down, I'm sorry, I will, (laughs) I will let you down. Your friends and your family have let you down. I want you to know something today. If you're a Christ follower, you need to be reminded that we have hope in Jesus. That's the first gift that's unwrapped at Advent. That when we're discouraged and we're down, that when suffering comes our way, when pain comes our way, when things are forced upon us or when we make choices that result in in discouragement and suffering, um, we need to be reminded that we can have hope for the future because of what God did by sending his son. And I want you to be reminded of that today. I want you to be reminded of that this Advent season. I want you to get back, and I want me, myself, I, I'm right in here with you, okay? I'm preaching to the choir. I'm preaching to the pastor. Like, I, like we have times that we need to be reminded that we have hope. We can just look at God's past performance to determine his future ability. He does keep his promises. It may not be in our time frame. It may not be in our plan. But he does keep his promises. And some of you today, um, you don't need to be reminded of his hope. You need to receive hope. My challenge to you today is if you walked in this room and um, you've never asked Jesus to be your personal savior, like God gave you a gift and, and you have not received it yet. I'm not going to say who gave it to me, but I got a polka dot tie one year for Christmas. And I did not like that polka dotted tie. It wasn't Cynthia, by the way. Uh, And and I kind of rejected that gift. (laughs) I don't think I ever wore it. I'm pretty sure I still have it. It was like 20 years ago, but I never wore it. I didn't want it. I kicked it to the curb. I don't know, I should, probably should show it to Sydney. She'll probably like it and turn it into a scarf or something. But, man, that gift I rejected. But some of you are here today, and uh, you've, you've continued to reject the gift of God. You've continued to reject his gift of hope. And uh, maybe you haven't done it in the way I did it. <laughs> but you've done it because you just haven't said yes to him. Maybe you've seen the light. Maybe you've heard the message. But you've never received gift of hope and salvation and I hope today my prayer is today that you would do just that that you would receive him as your savior would you pray with me this morning God I thank you that um, from heaven above you gave us salvation you gave us redemption you fulfilled all of the promises of the old testament 100 percent of them perfectly God I um I pray for those who are in here today and They have already received you as their Savior. They've received that gift of hope. They've trusted in what they couldn't see. 
They never got to see you live on this earth, and they've put their faith for eternity in you. And God, I pray for myself, and I pray for those who are here today who have put their faith in you, and yet the struggle of life has brought discouragement and maybe despair, and God, maybe even what seems like a hopeless situation. And I pray right now in the strong name of Jesus that you would be with those who are Christ followers in here. And there's a situation in their life. There's a relationship in their life. There's a financial circumstance in their life. There's an education circumstance. There's a problem at school. God, there's something that they are so incredibly discouraged about that they don't even want to face tomorrow. Or perhaps they're going down that road of not wanting to face tomorrow. And I'm just going to ask you if you just be real honest this morning. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or anything like that. But if you're here today and you're a Christ follower and you've got a situation or a circumstance or a relationship or some other type situation that you are just incredibly hopeless about, I want to remind you um, that your hope is in the God who sent his son into this world to die for you. And that you can hope now. You can renew your hope in Jesus right now. Would you just talk to him for a moment? Just give him that circumstance. I just, I'm just going to give you a moment of, of silence just to talk to him. Just you and him. Maybe even want to write it down somewhere. Would you just give him that? Would you be reminded today of the hope that Jesus brought into this world from heaven above? just pray for each one of these circumstances that you hear that in this silence of this room God you hear audibly (laughs) God I pray for those who are in here today and they've never received that gift of hope God I pray that today would be their day of salvation if you're here today and um, maybe you've been in a, um, a church like this or you've been in a service or maybe somebody has shared this message that God sent his son Jesus into the world to as a baby to grow up and to serve for three years of his 33-year life in ministry and do amazing miracles and be an amazing servant and prophet and teacher. But you've heard the message of the fact that he was also your Savior. Maybe something that was said or sung today or maybe God's Holy Spirit is just reaching you right now and your heart's beating and you're a little bit nervous because you've never placed your trust, your hope in Jesus to be your Savior for eternity. Romans um, says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that you'll be saved. And just right now in the quietness of this moment and just the tenderness of this time, if you've never put your faith in Jesus for salvation, I want to challenge you to do that today. I want to challenge you to receive the hope that you can have in Jesus. The hope that if you died when you walked out of this building, that you would be in eternity with Jesus in a perfect place. And I want to give you the opportunity to receive Jesus as your Savior. 
So if you're here right now and God is prompting you and you want to become a Christian, you want to receive him as your savior, I just want you to, I want to invite you to just quietly, just you and God, say a prayer of, of faith. It doesn't have to be these exact words, but I'm going to say them out loud and I'm just going to ask you to say them back to him just quietly and just in the quietness of your heart. There's nothing magical about these words. What really matters is your heart. Here's the prayer. God, thank you so much for sending your son into this world to die. And thank you, God, for dying for my sins, for my failures. And right now, I receive the gift of hope. I receive the gift of salvation. I accept you as my Savior. Help me now to live for you. If you're here today and you prayed that prayer, I am going to ask you to raise your hand, but I'm not going to call you out or do anything like that. But would you just raise your hand? Just every head bowed and every eye closed. You can just raise your hand. I just want to pray for you. If you prayed that prayer or something along with it, just raise your hand so I can pray for you quietly. I won't embarrass you. God, we thank you so much for that gift, God. And I thank you for these who raised their hand this morning. God, I thank you for that gift of hope, for that gift of salvation, that those of us who put our trust in you can be assured of ultimate and eternal hope. God, that's the beautiful gift was given to us in the form of a baby in a manger in a stable and we thank you for that gift and God right now we just want to give you praise for that gift and we want to just glorify you with our voices and I pray all this in Jesus name amen